Hey, hey, friends, I'm Thea Charles, and you are listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. In this series, we discuss the path someone chooses when they are at a crossroads of their life. Do they push through the adversity, or do they stop, reassess, and pivot? Today, we are talking to Carrie Lade, a work-at-home mom who lives in Houston with her two girls and husband. Hey, hey, Carrie. I am so excited. This is our very first episode of the Pusher Pivot podcast, and I am like overjoyed that you are going to be my first interviewee. <laughs> Yay! I'm excited for you. I think this has been a long time coming, and I'm just really excited for you. I thank you. I I don't even know if you know. It's been like a year now since we've known each other because we met in Clearwater. That's like, wild. That's over a year, isn't that crazy? I know really really crazy <laughs> happened so fast um so i i've always been in awe of your story especially you know um just everything about it so before we start how about you tell our audience a little bit about yourself yeah goodness okay um so i am i was born on a rainy day in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> all the way back. Yeah, all the way back. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I'm currently um, a work-at-home mom. I have two little girls. Um, one was the product of in vitro. Um, we struggled a little while for her, so when we got pregnant with our second one, it was a real surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not anticipate that, so um, I mean, it was a major blessing, and you know, it's amazing to have Mm -hmm. you know I mean you have two boys it's fun having the same gender Mm -hmm. children they're just fun they play together really well so yeah so I have two little girls a four and a half year old and a almost a 18 month old so crazy um been married now for almost 10 years and um yeah I live in Houston and uh let's see what else oh I currently am a business coach for women Mm -hmm. who Uh, more specifically for moms who are entrepreneurs and um yeah so I I help them build their businesses while they're raising their babies that's awesome you're also a fan of young adult novels which is something we have in common oh my gosh you give me a twilight book I will devour it in like moments um no seriously I love young adult fiction I don't know why it's just so easy and so fun to read I can just Mm -hmm. I love all of it yeah all of them all of them. I was like diving into the Hunger Games. Uh, oh, sure. Have you ever have you ever read Ender's Game? Yes, I loved Ender's That's Game. Like my favorite. Yeah, I <laughs> love Ender's Game. Yeah. I think I I think I use that. I talk about that at least like once a week at some point. Oh my gosh! Something have about you life. A little bit off topic. Not off topic. Huh? We're talking yeah, about yeah. books, but like, have you read the book The Calling? I haven't. Oh my God. It's so good. It's, uh-huh. um, by a self, well, she was self-published, um, uh-huh. published author, um, Trisha Wentworth. Okay. And she, her book is right now on Kindle unlimited, like, oh. you know, so it's like free or whatever it is on Kindle mm-hmm. unlimited, but oh my God, they are so good. There's three of them. And I just, it's yeah, on the I don't list. do anything when I read. So I'm just like, Sorry, everybody's getting chicken nuggets for dinner because mama's reading. <laughs> when there's a good book, that's what you have to do. I like hide in the corner and they're like, what do you do? Like, mom's reading. <laughs> 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 to yourself. 
self-care. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So one thing that's really cool about you is that you used to have a salon, right? Yeah, yeah, I was a hairdresser. So so when we're talking now like about your crossroads and like if you pushed or pivoted, like yeah. what's one part like just tell me like one crossroads that you had to cross. Oh gosh. Well, there's been several. I mean, even just thinking about like our fertility journey, mm-hmm. you know, that was a big one. Obviously we pushed through that because we could have easily just given up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pushed through that one. And then the one that really has completely changed the trajectory of my life has been um, when I decided to step away from my hair salon, I closed my business down. And that was a huge, like that took me about a year to mm-hmm. get comfortable with that idea. Yeah. And looking back, I can see how it was definitely an all or nothing type thing for me. It was like, either I do this or I don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it worked out the best for me that way. Um, so what kind of happened to even bring you to the thought that you might have to leave that business? Yeah, well, so I was a hairdresser for like 16 years before I decided to leave. Okay. And I owned my own business of that. I was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. for at least 13 of those years. Okay. So I worked for myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, jokingly, I, um, I call it my baby. It was my mm-hmm. first baby. It was, I really, I loved my job. I loved going to work. I loved reaching all the women and talking to everybody all day long and knowing their life stories and how everybody connected. Like I just mm-hmm. loved that. But I also, because I didn't have kids when I first started my business, mm-hmm. I had terrible boundaries. Got it. You know, someone could call me on a Sunday or a Saturday night at like 10 o'clock telling me that they like messed their hair up and they need me. And I would go in on a Sunday and spend hours, you know, mm-hmm. correcting their hair, you know, six, seven hours on one person just to get their hair back to what it used to be instead of this crazy orange. And when I had kids, I justified it because when I first had my oldest, I justified it because I had a nanny Mm -hmm. and I felt safe with her. You know, she came over to my house every day and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just was able to justify not being there. Cause I'm like, Oh, she's a baby. She doesn't know I'm gone. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's like the mom guilt was just on me. It wasn't affecting the baby yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, then, then I got pregnant with the second one. Um, and Nora was like two and a half. Okay. And they had her very first, since Nora didn't go to school until she was over one, that's, we had our nanny until she was about one. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe 18 months. Yeah. 12, 13 months. something like that. Uh-huh. So when our nanny left and moved on, we went to a, a Montessori school and I fell in love with it. A great, you know, everything was great except they did Christmas programs and Easter programs. And I had no, I had no clue about that kind of stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. why do they do it at 10 o'clock in the morning? It's so weird. And yes. you know, it's, why is it in the middle of the day? And I'm sure all these kids are going to be freaked out that their parents are like coming to see them and they're leaving again. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, do I have to go? Like, is Nora really going to know that I'm not there? I mean, she's two and a half. She's going to be on the stage not singing jingle bells, looking terrified, like all the other two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So I was talking it over with a friend and of course her program was 11 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and she really kicked my butt. 
you know, she gave me a tongue lashing and it wasn't even mean. She just said, are you really worried about rescheduling three clients so you can go see your daughter's first program? And I was like, crap. Yeah, I guess I am prioritizing my clients over going to see Nora do nothing at school. Like, mm-hmm. but I get to go see her and she's excited. She's been working on these songs for months. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of hit me like a load of bricks that I really wasn't prioritizing my family. You know, the whole reason I was working for myself was so I could provide for my family and I could be available for my family. That's the whole reason most entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs, right? Like I want to work for myself so I can take sick days when I want to, and I can go to the programs and I can be the boy scout mom. I can be the girl scout mom. I can, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, you think you're going to be this entrepreneur so you can, have flexibility. And then you realize when you're an entrepreneur, you almost have less flexibility than you do if you work for somebody. Yeah. Um, because your clients are your paycheck uh-huh. and you don't want to not be there for your clients. <laughs> yes. I can relate to that 100%. And it's funny how yeah. it's always like something happens with the children and you're like, nah, they're, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. And it's like this moment for me, I was like on the train. I was like, I am not okay with this. Yeah. It, it just kind of like, it broke my heart and it can still bring me to tears. Now I get all emotional thinking about it. Cause I'm like, I really was not prioritizing my family. Like I thought I was going to be when I became a mother and I wasn't. So that led to about a whole year of me really contemplating. Can I leave the salon? How do I do that? I'm the breadwinner. How do we learn to live on, you know, less than, half of what we have, mm-hmm. you know, like how do we go down to living off of one paycheck? And I mean, this is not a boastful thing, but like, I've never had to budget since I was 20 years old, 18 years old, mm-hmm. and I'm 36 and learning how to budget for the first time. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what it means to only spend $75 a week on groceries. Like, how do people do this? And I'm like, I realized that that has been all of my friends, all of my peers. That's been their story since they became, you know, since they got married. And mm-hmm. that's a very normal story for people. Yeah. And it was so new for me because I, sorry, Palmer's <laughs> banging her baby against the glass. <laughs> um, but it was just such a new thing for me because I've never been in that position. And now I'm like, oh, I see why not only is being home mentally exhausting but it's financially stressful at times it doesn't have to be but it can be right yeah so it was a really a huge game changer spending that you know year really contemplating I have terrible boundaries how can I keep this salon business and and be available for my family and I just didn't see how I could because I didn't know how to say no to people right so that whole year was spending so much time I would say growing a backbone, but I think it was more about getting my priorities in order and realizing that I do have a choice Mm. that I get to choose Mm -hmm. when I work. And even though I've always allowed my clients to tell me when I was working, Uh um, I had the power to say, I'm not doing it anymore. And that was like the biggest and hardest transition crossroad it was so hard (laughs) how I guess how did you feel when that relationship was changing with your clients oh gosh I mean I'm pretty sure I cried with every single client for like two months you know as I was saying goodbye to them 
Mm-hmm. And it was closing out a chapter because I worked through my whole pregnancy mm-hmm. and I took off almost the whole month of August. No, maybe two weeks of August, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, that's when Palmer was due was the end of, well, beginning of September. Okay. I worked up until almost, you know, being done. So I, or I worked up until the point where I was almost, um, delivering. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like this maternity leave that just never turned into anything else. Yeah. But during that whole year, I spent, you know, that time really thinking about what I was going to be doing and talking to clients. And, um, that's when I decided that being a coach was something I really wanted to do. And so not only did I just decide I was going to close one business down, but I decided to open another one at the same time I'm delivering a child. So that's been exciting. <laughs> birthing a business. <laughs> right, like birthing a baby and a business. So hence why I help moms <laughs> create businesses. Yes. Um, what inspired you to turn to coaching? I realized that through all the times that I was talking to clients, the one thing I loved the most was that I was able to listen to what they had to say, but I also could guide or advise or ask questions and just help them dig a little deeper. And I didn't realize that what I was doing was coaching at the time. Right. Um, I used to joke, you know, I think a lot of hairdressers and bartenders feel the same way. Like we're kind of like the therapist, but not getting paid as a therapist. You know, we can tell you what to do because, you know, you tell me that you're, you know, your boyfriend cheated on you. I'll tell you to leave him. You know, like (laughs) I'm not your friend. I'm your hairdresser. And I'm going to tell you that he's no good and find your new man. (laughs) But but your therapist can't tell you that. I mean, maybe she can, I don't know, but I don't know that that's exactly what they should be doing. So I realized that coaching was really more kind of what I was doing already. And so I spent that time kind of refining my listening skills and questioning skills and figuring out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. And how's that been? And it's been good. It's been hard at times, but it's been good. I mean, it's so funny because I, I realized that when I was, oh gosh, 19 or 20, Mm -hmm. I told my parents I was going to retire at 35. Wow. And it's just so crazy that I kind of did. You did. I kind of did. Amazing. Isn't that weird? That's like, like, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, when I was like a teenager and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to do all these things and then I'm going to retire at 35, you know, and they're laughing at me. They're like, okay, child, we'll see how that goes. But you know what? I kind of did. I mean, at 35, I closed my first business down and it was very successful. I moved on to something else and I really did retire from that part of my life. And while retirement doesn't look like vacations all the time and right and doing whatever I want, I do get the, I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. Type of thing, you know, like you're doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, gosh, I had another question for you and it just slipped away. (laughs) When you said you retired at 35, I was like, what? (laughs) Sorry. I just blew your mind a minute. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the only one. (laughs) Um, okay. So back to coaching. Yeah. Um, business coaching. So tell us some more about that. Yeah. Okay. So basically what I do is when I talk to women who either want to start a business or have a business, 
I help them kind of really get aligned with what they are really wanting to create. Mm -hmm. So if someone tells me like recently I had a girlfriend, she's a great photographer, but she's not been taking pictures for the last like five years. Her, well, just two of her kids are on the autism spectrum. Okay. And so she just struggles with a lot of different things. And on top of that too, she's like, I really want to start taking pictures again. I just don't know, even know where to start. I haven't been practicing. I haven't been in the game. Mm-hmm. And so as her coach, you know, we've talked a lot about what does she really even want out of her business? You know, is it, is it that she wants to just have a creative outlet? Mm-hmm. You know, is it that she wants to make money? Is it that she, you know, just wants to get out of the house? Like, what is it that she's really kind of wanting? And then from there, we kind of just work through how can she get what she needs, even if it doesn't look like she's making a bunch of money. Got it. You know, because I think we get these ideas that like our passion. Okay, let me back up. You know, we we've we are heard and told time and time again. You know, you find something you love and you never work again. Mm-hmm. You know, you find your passion and you find a way to monetize it so you can just live your dream and enjoy your job. Yep. And I think that's true to a sense, but not every single passion has to turn into a moneymaker. You know, you don't have to monetize every single thing because, you know, it does turn into a job and you, it turns into something you feel like you're committed to doing versus I get to do this. Yeah. It turns into, I have to do this until midnight because I don't have any other time. Not, I get to stay up and do this. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. You know, so for some people, they think they want to start these businesses because they're like, oh my God, I realized I'm really good at making bath bombs. Like I'm so good at it and they smell amazing and the kids love them. Mm-hmm. Every time I give them away to gifts for people, they go, they go crazy over them. I want to make money selling these. I'm like, that sounds great. How many bath bombs can you make in a weekend? Right. How often do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then they realize that really they just like doing it because it's fun. Right. And if they want to make a little bit extra money selling a few, they can, but you don't have to monetize every single thing you're passionate about. Yeah. It's like staying aligned with what lights you up when you're doing that thing. Right. For sure. I mean, cause once you start, you know, it's just that energy exchange, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the energy exchange of time or product for money. And sometimes it turns into a drag, right? You know, it's like, I don't really, your heart's not in it anymore. And it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. It doesn't happen the very first time, but you start realizing there's so much more pressure on it when somebody's like, I'm going to pay you $30 for whatever it is. And you're like, Oh my gosh, now I have to make it and I have to make it look good because they're paying me. It turns into like this stressful project versus, Oh, this is so much fun. I just like sewing and I want to make this for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's really, it's, it sounds like it's like managing your expectations of what changing sure. passion into a job means. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think expectations are everything, whether it's a marriage, a relationship, your kids, a business, Mm -hmm. you really have to manage your own expectations and manage your customer's expectations, whether it's your partner or your kids or Mm -hmm. anybody else in your life. Yeah. This is also awesome. Such good stuff. (laughs) Such good stuff. (laughs) I don't want it to end. Um, What's one piece of advice that you would like to impact, impart on people? Oh gosh. Well, okay. So 
I could probably get sidetracked and think of a thousand, Mm -hmm. but I think the one that helped me the most as I was making all of my decisions, whether it was sticking through the fertility process and trying and trying and trying again after years of years of, you know, negative pregnancy tests Mm -hmm. or trying to change jobs and transitions or Mm -hmm. whether it's, should I stay with this guy or do I leave? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. whatever it is, I think the biggest thing is just to really listen, you know, listen to God, listen to your intuition, you know, whatever your faith is, you know, it doesn't really matter. You, we all have that inner peace or the inner knowing or that higher self, your soul, whatever you're really feel connected to. And just listen to that because there's no reason that any of those beings are there to scare you. They're there in service of you and to help you and support you. And if something scares you, consider why it's scary. Is it scary because it's new or is it scary because you're afraid somebody's going to jump out of the bushes and murder you? Like there's a difference in your fear, right? And you kind of have to decode that and know for yourself, like, yes, this is the right choice or no, I need to stick this out a little longer. I love that. Decoding your fear. Yeah. That's amazing. Gosh. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Like this dropped, we can just shut it down. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, Carrie. This is you're just welcome. Awesome. You. You're and, welcome. Um, yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anytime. What did you take away from Carrie's story? How can you lean into your intuition to guide you on your next step? You can learn more about Carrie at carrielade.com. That's K-A-R-I-L-A-H-D-E.com. Thank you for listening and join me next time on the Push or Pivot podcast.